people across the earth on this Sunday morning. May every church, God, come into your presence with singing and with dancing and with opening up their mouths. God, we worship you this morning. Shift this place with the weight of your glory. Shift this place with the glory of your splendor. Let the light of heaven shine on us today. God, let us live under an open heaven this morning where angels are ascending and descending in this place. Release deliverance. Release healing. Release glory. Release joy. Release peace. Release it in the name of Jesus. Not just in the room, but in every home, in every living room, in every kitchen, in every car, in every workplace that is joining church virtually this morning. We thank you that your glory is being released, that answers are being released, that power is being released. And we give you glory today. Touch the worship team. Touch the musicians, oh God. Touch us in a special way. Do what only you can do. Throw your weight around, God. Hallelujah. Throw your weight around, Jesus. Throw your weight around in this place. Come on, move in this place, God. We don't want just another service. We don't want just another song. We want an encounter with you, the true and living God. God, if we could but just touch the hem of your garment this morning, we will be made whole. So let your glory fall. Let your presence drop on us, God. Push everything out of this place that is not like you. Come on, we want to see you high and lifted up with your train filling the temple. And we'll cry holy. We'll cry holy. Holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with your glory. And we are your people and the sheep of your pasture. And we're going to release glory to you today. For you deserve it, God. All the glory belongs to you. All the honor belongs to you. All the power belongs to you. It all belongs to you, God. We are holding nothing back. We're holding, I said we ain't holding nothing back. Come on, you don't need a song to worship. You just need to think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he has done for you. And your soul should cry out hallelujah. Come on, let me hear a release in this place. Hallelujah. Come on, let's make the way easy. Hallelujah. I thank God for saving me. Come on, give him the glory.
light now. I'm living in the light now. I'm living in the light now. I'm living in the light now. You say I'm living in the light now. I'm living in the light now. I'm living in the light. I'm living in the light now. I'm living in the light now. I'm living in the light. I'm living in the light now. I'm living in the light now. I'm living in the light. I'm living in the light now. I'm living in the light now. I'm living in the light. I'm living in the light now. I'm living in the light now. Sunset free is free. Sunset free is free. 
sun sets free, it's free and deep. Come on, y'all help me. When the sun sets free, it's free and deep. Yeah, when the sun sets free, it's free and deep. Yeah, when the sun, when the sun sets free, it's free and deep. Come on, when the sun sets, when the sun sets free, it's free and deep. Let's take it up. When the sun sets, when the sun sets free, it's free and deep. Woo! Are you free? When the sun free, it's free and deep. It's something about freedom. Hey, hey, hey. When the sun sets free, it's free and deep. I feel much lighter now. I look much brighter now. When the sun sets free, it's free and deep. Yeah, when the sun sets free. Oh, 
regardless of what the enemy tries to tell me. Hallelujah, I'm free. Hallelujah, I'm free. That's my testimony. As long as I'm living, every day that I'm on this earth, as long as I have breath, my body, my soul, and my mind shall praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's do that one more time. It's something about the old songs. Hallelujah. You didn't have to sing on key. It didn't have to be on beat. But we all came together with one accord. Hallelujah. Declaring the works of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am free. Praise the Lord. I'm free. I'm no longer bound. No more chains. Yeah. No more chains holding me. My soul. My soul is resting. It's going to stay right here in peace. It's just a blessing. Every voice say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We're going to praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. As for me and my house, we shall. Praise the Lord. Right here at the City of Faith, we shall.
you're never gonna let me down. You're never, you're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never, you're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. So you're never, you're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never. The song says, I could never repay you, Lord, for what you've done for me. How you loose my shackles, God, and how you set me free. How you made a way when there seemed to be no way. He's been a good God. A good God. Yes, he is. Hallelujah. 
Come on, tell him he's a good God. Yes, he is. I like that you're never going to let me down part. That's the part I like. Hallelujah. He's a good God. You're never going to let you're never gonna let me down. Come on, say you're never. You're never gonna let. You're never gonna let me down. Come on, say you're never. You're never gonna let. You're never gonna let me down. One more time, say you're never. You're never gonna let. You're never gonna because let you're me good. Down. Come on, cause you, you are. Good. Yes, you are. Good. Oh. oh. So you are. your hands together and give God a great shout of praise in this place. He's a good, good father. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. You're a good God. Hallelujah. He's so good to us. Thank you for loving us the way you do, Father. Thank you for being good to us when we least deserved it. Thank you for seeing us, God, in our faults, Lord, and still meeting our needs, God. Thank you for loving us when we were unlovable, God. Thank you for saving us when we seemed unsavable, God. Thank you for seeing us, reaching down your hand of mercy and, and pulling us up, Father. We thank you today. Thank you, Lord, for never leaving us and never forsaking us because you are good you're good you're so good come on put your hands together for our good God in this place welcome to the city of faith where we serve a good God he's not just good he's great he's not just great he's awesome he's not just awesome he's powerful he's not just powerful he's mighty He's not just mighty, he's strong. He's an amazing God. And there's nobody like him in all of the earth. Welcome to the city of faith where we're building strong people, strong families, and strong faith. We serve a strong God. Come on, put your hands together one more time for Jesus and one more time for your neighbor. We're so glad you're here. You may be seated in the presence of God today. We bless you. God, we honor you. And we're grateful for you all who are here in the building and for you all who have joined us online. Uh, welcome to the City of Faith. Uh, in the way of announcements, and Ronnie's coming to take up the offering in just a moment, and we're going to move the service right along. But uh, in the way of announcements, don't forget the Kids Corner videos are live on the website. Uh, that's www.thecitymd.org. Amen. 
And don't forget uh, men's prayer. We meet every every Tuesday. I'm sorry, every Tuesday evening at 7 p.m. via Zoom. Um, if you, if you don't, some, um, see men. Never mind. Uh, if you don't have the link, get it from another brother. And if you are a brother, give the link to somebody else who doesn't go to church who you know needs encouragement, and welcome them out on Tuesday nights to join with us, uh, so we can be together. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, our next uh, leadership meeting is coming up uh, in November on the 11th of November for all of those who are operating in leadership. Uh, we had an amazing time together the last time we met here and, and we had some recommitments and some sharing of information and uh, this, this meeting we will begin planning the 2022 calendar. So you want to be here if you're a leader uh, so we can talk about uh, what your vision is for your area of responsibility and what you'd like to see happen in this next calendar year and so we can cast some vision together and make some plans. Amen? Amen. Okay, praise the Lord. Uh, next Friday, right? The Amen. N next Saturday, uh-huh. Next Saturday, the 30th of October, we have a team game night here um, at 7 p.m. I waited. Okay, when we say yo, when we say your specific demographic, that means you clap and yell. So we gonna give them another shot. Amen, Janan. We gonna give you a shot, and we gonna give y'all another shot. We got a team game night on Saturday, October 30th at. Oh, look at the teenagers clapping their hands. Amen. So if you're a teen and you have time, we would love for you to be here uh, with the team, the new team ministry that we're launching here. Uh, they're going to have a good time. They're going to feed you. They're going to play games and have a, a wonderful time. So invite uh, your friends. Amen. It doesn't have to be just teens at this church. Uh, you can invite people from any church and meet us here at 7 p.m. Amen. Uh, and we'll send a, a, a text in church note out to the parents to make sure you're aware of all that is going on. Amen. Uh, baptism is coming up. Hallelujah. Somebody needs to get dipped in the... <laughs> So uh, next Sunday, the 31st, we, we're reclaiming Halloween Sunday. Amen. Uh, we're taking it back for the kingdom of God. And while other people are playing ghouls and goblins, we're going to be dipping some folk in the water. The only thing dead on that day will be your old man as you go in the water and die and come up with newness of life. So we are excited about that opportunity. So please, if you're already a candidate for baptism, uh, uh, Minister Ronnie will be sending you out a note. Uh, we're going to have a uh, class on Thursday evening for all baptism candidates that can make it in person, and we'll do it virtual also uh, so that we can kind of have a conversation as we prepare you uh, for this next big moment. Now, we're not the kind of church that believes you should only get baptized once. Amen. amen. <laughs> if you got baptized when you was eight, amen, and you... <laughs> And you've been living like the hot devil since then. <laughs> and you came back to Jesus. Come on and get dipped again. It's not too late. And that's you if you want to see Minister Ronnie uh, to sign up. And we sent that flock note out. And I know some people have already responded. So once again, if you need another dip, it's okay. We're not judging you. We're going to celebrate with you. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. That is it for our announcements today. Come on, Ronnie. It's time for offering. Amen. Time. Yeah. All right. 
share 1 Kings 18 and 38. It said, Immediately the fire of God fell and burned up the offering, the wood, the stones, the dirt, and even the water in the trench. We know from this scripture that the fire of God falls on sacrifice. And it's not a sacrifice if it doesn't cost you anything. A lot of us are believing for God to move in our lives. We're believing for the fire of God to fall in our lives. But we're not giving sacrificially. We're not moving as if we believe it. We're not giving in faith for the fire of God. I believe that two Sundays ago, we were asked to dig a little bit deeper and give a little bit more and, and, and do a little bit better than we've been doing. I don't believe that that's something that we've ever really been asked to do before. Um, you know, I honestly just believe that this church, is, it, by and large, we're generous people, but I think that sometimes even generous people need to be steered back the right direction. I just, I, I, I trust it and I hope and I believe that God will impress upon your hearts the, the seriousness, the, the, the urgency with which we need to get ourselves back on the right track and, and, and give sacrificially. Because we know that God gave to us sacrificially. Amen. And so it's only right that we give back to him what he first gave to us. Amen. So the, the, the ways to give are on your screen if you're virtual. If you're in the house, you know you can give on the website. You can give via Cash App or Givelify. I trust and, and, and believe, God, that we're going to see a shift in this house because of the sacrificial giving. We're going to hear more testimonies, and we're going to see more miracle signs and wonders, and we're going to see greater than we've seen in this past year. I know it's been hard for a lot of us, but there's been a lot of testimonies in this house new homes and new jobs and new cars and new babies. God is still in the giving business. God is still moving in the earth. God is still moving at the city of faith. Father God, we just thank you for giving us the opportunity to partner with you in kingdom work. We thank you, Lord, that you first give to us so that we might respond in kind. Father, we thank you for the opportunity and the blessing that it is to sow into your ministry. We know, Lord, that ministry costs money, Father God, and so we won't be stingy. We won't hold back from you because we know that there's still more work to do in the earth, more ministry, more souls to save. Father God, we just thank you. We honor you and we praise your holy name. We ask that you would bless the offering. We ask that you would bless the tithe. Multiply it so that we might see your miracle signs and wonders done here in the earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, while you're still giving. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. It's got, a, it's got a screen protector on it. Don't worry. My wife is looking like it doesn't have a case, but it has a screen protector. Come on. You're still worshiping and you're giving. Hallelujah. We're so grateful. I, I love what Ronnie said. 
And, and for those who are online, you can join in in the celebration. I love the fact that he said that we have had so many testimonies at this church. So many testimonies have come forward of the Lord's goodness and his mercy. And it's been in response to our obedience and our faithfulness where giving is concerned. I believe that we sow seeds of finance. And a lot of times we're always looking for money to come back. But sometimes it's not money that comes back. Sometimes it's answers to other prayers and it's seeds that we've been needing. It's sometimes it's deliverance. Sometimes it's healing. Sometimes it's family. It's all kind of things that God responds to your obedience in giving. Because God always shows up where he sees sacrifice. Amen? Amen. Amen. He's already prayed. Gifts have already been given. Let's get into the word today. Is that all right? Is that all right? Come on. I'll go to James chapter 1, uh, verse 2. And we're getting ready to, to, to go somewhere today as we prepare to close out our series on vintage faith. Amen? Hallelujah. James 1. As a matter of fact, you can go to Hebrews 12 and 2. Put your finger there. Oh, y'all don't have, oh, that's right. Not a whole lot of people got Bibles. It's an old saying. She said, you put your, put your little strap there and then go to James. And we, so, first, so first go on your app uh, to, let's go first to uh, James 1, uh, verse 2. And we're going to go verses 2 through 4. Give you an opportunity uh, to catch up to get with me. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, sir. Glory to God. We was fully here. Anyway, I had to back this up because there's a lot of people right there, so now I can come back to the edge of the stage. Amen. Hallelujah. I believe God for the Sundays where there's just no room. Amen. I got about three people believe God with me. Hallelujah. Uh, Pastor Demi and I were out yesterday. Uh, driving around with our son, with our sons Josiah and Janan, looking at properties and trying to see uh, where we could find Rehoboth. That's about two people understand where that, where we could find Rehoboth. I think I might go there next Sunday. The Bible tells you Rehoboth means the Lord makes room for you. About three people believe God. <laughs> we need a little bit more room to mess with and to play with. And so we're believing God. I'll tell you the truth. While we're getting ready to preach, I promise. Um, we found here, and then I was just saying to someone this morning, I can't remember who it was, that there, oh, it's just a destiny, that there's, there's, a, there's an apparent hostility towards ministries in this county. Yeah, yeah. And you're calling around the property managers um, for available units that not only are we're finding out that a lot of folks don't want to to lease to churches. They don't want to open up space for churches anymore. And, and I guess, you know, when the inventory is short, you know, you kind of do what you want to do because, you know, your property won't stay on the market that long. But we believe God. Amen. Are they, I mean, they're so hostile. They've been <laughs> rude to my wife. I started to say, let me hold on. Let me call him right quick. But that ain't going to get us nowhere. Amen. Uh, but we believe, God, that in spite of an apparent hostility in the county, that God is more than able to, to get some Rehoboth for us. Amen. Amen. He, he'll make some room for us one way or another. 
I serve a God that he got to move somebody else out the way. Y'all don't like that kind of talk. Amen. Hallelujah. James chapter 1, verse 2. says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Hebrews 12 and 2. Hebrews 12 and 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, Sister Karen. But let patience, Jason, have its perfect work. This is helping me. That you may be perfect. It's got to be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. But you got to look unto Jesus who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy Calandra, that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Today as we close out our series Vintage Faith. I want to talk to you for a few minutes about adversity and faith. Adversity and Father for the next few minutes breathe on us. Now do something special in the heart and mind of your people. Increase our faith. Refine our faith. Define our faith this morning. Shift perspectives today. Let your word do what only it can do. For you told us in your word that your word is quick and it is powerful. It's a live word. But that it's also sharper than in a two-edged sword. And that your word, God, cuts and heals at the same time. It separates even bone from marrow, God. It exposes us and shows us ourselves and then it helps us to become the self that you intended us to be. Let that happen for us this morning, Father. Let the people be blessed by you, not impressed by me. And let this word do some heart surgery on us. In Jesus' name, we believe we receive it right now by faith. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Howard. I appreciate your ministry, sir. Thank you to our worship team. You don't have to get in some people's way. It's okay. You have to stand up and walk in front of us. LaShawn's all right. She, I did it to the whole worship set. She made it. 
Hallelujah. <laughs> she was like, okay. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, so, so we're coming to the close of the series on faith and close of a series, but never the end of the conversation, right? Because this is the city of faith. And so we'll forever be talking about faith. Amen. Uh, but, but today we're, we're going we're gonna to bring this plane in for a landing at one of possibly the most important points about faith uh, that we're going we're gonna to ever hear because uh, adversity, my God, adversity is important to your faith. I know you said, Pastor, no, uh, prosperity is important to my faith. Yes, healing and deliverance. No, I came to tell you today that while those are good things, that adversity is still vital to a healthy faith life. It's, it's vital, it's vital, it's, it's important. So, so let's, let's, let's just talk about adversity be, because watch this. At the end of the day, okay, at the, at the end of the day, when, when you say at the end of the day, what that, that means, the next statement is kind of important, right? Okay, good. So put this in your notes. At the end of the day, a faith that isn't tested isn't much faith at all. <laughs> at the end of the day, a faith that has not been tested isn't much faith at all. Smith Wigglesworth, a renowned teacher of faith, he said it this way. He said, great faith is the product of great fights. Great testimonies are the outcome of great tests. Great triumphs can only come out of great trials. Jesus. I think I'll say it again because I think it'll bless you to hear it. Great faith is the product of great fights. Great testimonies are the outcome of great tests. And great triumphs can only come out of great trials. You see, it's easy to be fully persuaded, Ronnie, when you don't really have a reason to not be. We're a training church, so don't mind me. You got to play around in this area. You got to play around in this area to get the effect we're looking for. Right here and right here. It's okay. Uh, it, it's easy to say you walk by faith when you're walking down the safe streets of satisfaction. It's, it's, it's easy, it's easy, it's easy, it's easy. Uh, it's easy to claim that you are the just that is living by faith when the life that you are living is good. <laughs> Who is not? Yeah, yeah. Nothing is impossible for God it is easy for you to confess and proclaim that when you're not facing a seemingly impossible situation but what about when it's not all peaches and cream 
What about when it seems like God is not answering prayers? What about when it seems like you might not ever get healed? I'm going to come down your lane. What about when it seems like the money is never going to come? What about when everybody has walked away? What about when the church doesn't meet your need? What about when the church doesn't give you all that you thought it would? What, 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 about, what about when nothing seems to be going right for you? Will you still walk by faith? When adversity comes, watch this, will you still walk by faith or will you crumble and fall to pieces, give up on God and quit? Will you hold out and, and stay faithful to God, trusting and believing and still being fully persuaded? I wonder if you'll be like Luke 18 and 8. When the word of God says, nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith in the earth? Or will you, or you relate more to Proverbs 24 and 10? That says, if you faint, or the Message Bible says it like this, if you fail or if you fall to pieces in a crisis, there wasn't much to you in the first place. I'm sorry, in the King James, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength was small. I just like the way the Message put it. He said, when crisis comes, if you fall to pieces, it wasn't much to you to begin with. And a lot of times, Lord, help me to stay on the nose. A lot of times, because we have never allowed our faith to be tested, when it comes time to really need it, Ashley, it's weak. Pastor, what do you mean, allow my faith? Some, I'm off notes already. Here it is. See, sometimes the problem is when things get hard, you run. When things get tough, you trip. You flip out. You never really allow the test or the adversity to produce what God intended because you're too quick to get out of here. But I said it before. Faith that isn't tested isn't much faith at all. Watch this. We don't just need faith. Uh, we need strong faith. And faith is only going to be as strong as the test that it survives. I hope you're writing this down or doing something to make sure you do not forget this because the enemy comes for the work. You're going to need this. You're going to need this. Watch this. Just like a muscle. Will, Will, this is coming. I'm coming right down. Your, this is where you'll get it because you, 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 know, you work out a lot. So just like a muscle. You, you can't say the muscle is strong if you have never lifted any weight with it. You, you can't trust what isn't tested. Let me say that again. You can't trust what hasn't been tested. This is why 
every product that you purchase has to go through rigorous testing. Because until you test it, you can't trust it. They won't even give you jelly that they have not put through FDA tests. You can't drive a car until the crash test dummy has suffered enough. <laughs> Everything that you're going to put any trust in has to be tested. This is why I don't like new bridges. And they just put a bridge up. They're like, well, I'm going to go another way. I'm going to let them test the bridge. Who's going to test it? They tested already. Not enough. All of y'all need to drive across the bridge first. So we know the bridge can hold you up. It's got to be tested if it's going to be trusted. If you want a faith that you can trust in in tough times, you're going to have to submit to the testing of some tough times. You're going to have to stop complaining about adversity, shift your perspective, and come here, text. Come here, James. Here it is. You're going to have to count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the what? Testing of your faith produces patience. And then you're going to have to let patience have its perfect work. Why? Because when adversity comes to test your faith and you stick with it, that produces patience. And patience then begins to work on you. And the Bible says that you are made perfect. That word is mature. The maturity of a believer comes through the testing of their faith. You give a baby everything they ask for. I mean that they can have. You don't tell the baby, go get the bottle. No. You give the baby the bottle. You feed the baby. You wash the baby. You clothe the baby. But when the baby grows up, what happens? You start to say, you got to get it yourself. I'm tired. I don't want to get up. No, you got to get up. And you got to go for it for yourself. You got to go through some adversity. You want to teach the baby to walk. So you test it. You put it in a walker. And it begins to walk a little bit. And you help it a little bit. But then you take the baby out in the walker. And you start standing the baby in it. Test its legs. And it's becoming maturer in some areas. You got to have a perspective shift. You got to think like James said, or you even got to think like Peter said in, in chapter 4, verse 12 and 13. Peter says it this way. He says, beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. There it is. Adversity is not strange. Yeah, problems are not strange. Unless you have deceived yourself into thinking that life comes without issues. 
Life does not come without issues. Life, issues are normal. There, therefore, there has no temptation taking you, but what is common to man. Everybody's going through something. Peter said, don't think it's strange, but instead rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. You see, the problem with some of you is that you want the celebration that comes with the 100% score without the suffering of studying and actually taking the test. You want to skip steps. I got to go. <laughs> Watch this. When you allow your faith, this is a note. This is a note for you. Are you ready? Okay. When you allow your faith to carry you through adversity, you allow the glory of God to be revealed through you. When you allow your faith to carry you through adversity, you allow the glory of God to be revealed through you. Now you're a living testimony. And what is adversity? I'm glad you asked because we're deep in the message now and you just now asked. Adversity is simply difficulties. It's nothing deep. It's just difficulties, circumstances, or, thank you, son, or adversities come in life, and we have already said that there is nothing you can do to avoid. We're almost out of here. John 16 and 33 says it like this. Uh, Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have adversity. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Okay, good. Okay, let's shift a little bit. Are you with me? Is it okay? Is this helping you? Okay, good. Watch this. But, but God, watch this. Now, 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 adversity is unavoidable in life. But God, this is, this is going to help you, does not allow adversity to come in life to hurt you. That is not God's motive. That is Satan's motive. Notice I said God does not allow. You see, see, a lot of us grew up in religious systems that said God put that on you. That is error. That is error. I cannot put on you what I do not have. There is no evil in God. So God cannot do any evil to you. Now, he can step back and allow what's already in the earth to touch you. But he didn't do it to you. And, and because he allowed it inherently, watch this, because God is good and holy Inherently, anything he allows, he has a good and holy purpose for allowing it. Now, the enemy wants to tempt you. 
But what did we, we said, God wants to test you. Because temptation comes to make you fall. Testing comes to make you better. I'm just trying to help you. God's motive is not to hurt us, it's to grow us, to mature us, to perfect us. And when you make up in your mind that there is growth, maturity, and perfection available, Deja, through adversity, then you can have a perspective shift. Even when the adversity or the test, watch this, even, this is, now this is, this is, I'm inserting something here because we've talked about problems, right? We've talked about trials, right? And we've talked about issues so far. Now watch this. I'm going to give you this. This is going into the conversation here. Watch this. Even when the adversity or the test is a no from God. Have you ever had a no? No? God, I want this. No. I believe you. By faith, I shall have it. No. I confessed it. I believed it. No. There was an errant teaching, and I fell for it. <laughs> Back when I was a young believer in the Word of Faith movement, they would say, God never answers no to prayer. <laughs> and the rationale behind it was that if it's real prayer, then it's really only about what God wants you to have. And so you would never get a no. And so now I had, to, I had a long struggle in that space of my life because now I'm trying to only pray what I think God wants to say yes to. And so it gave me a very fake prayer life with God because I wasn't really being honest with him, you know, because I was trying to only ask for what he would say yes to because I wanted to be a person of great faith. I'm here to tell you, be honest with God. It's okay to tell God what it is you desire. And, and to do it in faith. But watch this. John Hagee said it best. He said the greatest test of faith is when you don't get what you want, but you still are able to say, thank you, Lord. My God. Amen. That's faith. We got to get Aaron a new chair. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> that chair is not past the test. Glory to God. Watch this. When you make, y'all pray for me. I can't help myself. <laughs> Watch this. When you make that up in your mind, then you can see through the lens of the word and the adversity becomes something you can use. What do you make up in your mind? That adversity can mature me. That adversity can grow me. That adversity can perfect me. That the testing of my faith produces patience. That not all adversity is a, it, 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 God didn't send the adversity to kill me. He allowed the adversity to help me. When you make up these kind of things in your mind, then, then you can get a faith perspective. 2 Corinthians 4, go there. I ain't make it turn nowhere. That's only 12 o'clock. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 7. Yeah, a lot of us know this. This is not unfamiliar. Come on online. Go, go to, go to, go to second. Did I say first or second? Second Corinthians. I'm sorry. Second Corinthians 4. Come on online. Saints probably knew I was wrong. It was like, oh. Second Corinthians 4. Here we go. 
Let me know when you're there. When you, when you have it, what you're going to do? Say amen. Amen. Y'all been in church a long time. Hallelujah. Here we go. Second Corinthians 4, starting in verse 7. But we have this treasure, the word of God says, in earthen vessels, um, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Here it is. Here goes adversity. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, Elder. Come on. We are persecuted, but we are not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Just because you encounter adversity doesn't mean you have to fold up and be taken out of here. That's not in the scripture. That was just in case you were wondering. <laughs> you, hear, you hear what the word says? The word says you can be pressed on every side. You ever felt like? Uh, every way I turn seems like something is going wrong. Every time I turn around, you even say it sometimes, don't you? Don't lie. I know you think you got a big faith confession, but some days you work up and say, it seems like every time I turn around, something. He's, the, the word of God says, even when that's your situation or your current circumstance, even though you may be hard-pressed on every side, you're not crushed. If you were crushed, you couldn't even say, I'm being pressed on every side because you'd be out of here. You ever thought about that? Okay. You, you may be perplexed, but you're not in despair. It's not hopeless. You could be persecuted, right? People keep talking about you. Your haters is talking about you. I'm sorry. Your ops is talking about you. They talking about you. They running their mouth about you. Yeah, I'm, I'm coming down. You understand what I mean. You can't get the ops to leave you alone, right? I mean, they always on your case, right? You, you got problems. What? Y'all don't want me to talk real? Y'all don't want me to use a... Huh? 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 Just because they talking about you and running you down. Yeah, you may be persecuted, Sonny, but you're not forsaken. They run in their mouth, but God still would. Anyway, you could be struck down, but you're not destroyed. Sickness could hit your body. Circumstances come up against you, but you're not destroyed, the word said. Watch this. It says, because you're always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our bodies. Okay, let me help you out. Drop down to verse 12. He says here, so then death is working in us, but life in you. Watch it. Here it is. Verse 13. And since we have, there it is. And since we have, Jason, the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. Faith in the midst of adversity keeps saying what God said. <laughs> Trying to help you here. Watch this. I'm going to die saying what God said. Some three people clap. Everybody was like, I'm not going to die. <laughs> it's okay. You get the point. People of great faith 
leave this life saying what God said. And a bunch of other people will be standing by their hospital bed saying they out of their mind. Why would you say God's going to heal you? You're still sick. People of great faith say, hopefully you'll see me again. And you'll understand why I said he's still going to heal you. Or maybe you won't. And I'll understand why you didn't understand. <laughs> go, go to verse 16. We're going we're gonna to move. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Why don't we lose heart? When don't? We don't lose heart. When? When we're facing adversity. Why don't we lose heart? Why don't we lose heart, Paul? Even though our outward man is perishing. Okay. So even though we are dealing with adversity in this life, Paul says, yet the inward man, there it is, is being renewed day by day. You should have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you that when you're dealing with circumstances and situations on the outside that are trying to take you out, something on the inside is working on I got, I got I need an old church oh what a change I gotta calm down I'm sorry get excited verse thank you verse 17 says it says it the best I, I said all of that just to get to verse 17 watch this for our light affliction there it is adversity the light adversity we are dealing with is but for a what a moment and that thing is doing what? It's working for us. Oh, God, help me. Uh, a far more exceeding and, and great weight or eternal weight of glory. What do you mean, Pastor? I mean, you, you don't have problems. You got employees. <laughs> See, adversity to the person uh -huh, without faith, adversity is a what? It's a problem. But to the person of great faith, adversity is an employee. Because it is actually working. I know this is hard teaching. I know this is tough right now. Because a lot of y'all are saying, oh, you almost don't know the kind of adversity I'm going through. You don't know the kind of problems I'm dealing with. These problems ain't working for me. These problems are to take me out of here. No, you need a shift in your perspective. It's, it's, it's working for you if you let it work. He closes by saying, while we do not look at the things which are seen, this is your problem. You got your eyes on the problem too much. Uh, but at the things which are not seen, yeah, that's the reality of the word of God. See, you look too much at your adversity and not enough in your word. You look too much at what you're going through and not enough at what he said. For the things which are seen are temporary. But the things which are not seen are what? Eternal. Thank you, Colossians. You are going to go through adversity. You are going to go through suffering. 
you are going to experience afflictions. You are going to go through problems. But you are going to deal with issues. But real faith says that even though I'm going through it, I am not going through it alone. Come here, Daniel. Come here. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna show you something. Daniel, Daniel, who is there? You know Daniel? You know him. You read the little book. You went to Sunday school. Daniel was in the lion's den. Do you remember? Daniel's haters conspired against him. And they got the king for the young people because I know Sunday school ain't been around in a long time. Oh, Sunday school is played out. I don't know. What happened? Maybe we need to bring Sunday school back. Watch this. Daniel's haters conspired with the king to pass a law that no one could pray to any other god. Daniel, not only did he violate the decree, but he threw his windows open. So everybody would see that he refused to obey. And so they arrested him, and they threw him in the lion's den. This is adversity. Okay, good, I'm glad you're with me. This is, this is the enemy bringing an adversity into Daniel's life. And I'm sure Daniel was in that lion's den hoping that God would come and take him out destiny of his adverse situation. But instead, Daniel 6, verse 18 says, Now the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting, and no musicians were brought before him. Also his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste to the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried out, cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke, saying to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God has sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. Daniel want, I'm sure now maybe Daniel is different from you and from me. But I'm going to tell you right now, the minute they dropped me in that lion's den, my immediate prayer would have been, Lord, sweep down here. Pick me up and pull me out of the den. It's lions in here. But God didn't take Daniel out of the lion's den. <laughs> because sometimes God grows your faith by leaving you in the midst of adversity and delivering you right there in the middle of it instead of pulling you out of it. My God, I hope you hear me today. Some adversity, God says, I know how to save you in it, not take you out of it. And you got to trust God even when it doesn't make sense. And you stuck, as Isaac Carey used to say, in the middle of it. And God still find a way to bless you right there in your adversity. That's faith. to help you. Uh, we're going home. Watch this. You're going to go through adversity. 
You're going to go through some suffering. You're going to experience some afflictions. You're going to go through some problems. You're going to deal with some issues. But real faith says, even if I never get delivered from this situation, God is still good and he is still God. Come here, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Them boys served God, but they had to serve Nebuchadnezzar too because you ain't going to always work for somebody that loved God the way you do. Sometimes you have to work for somebody that hates the God you serve. Their haters conspired. And then this time they got the king to make a decree that when the music played, everybody had to bow down and worship the gold statue of the king. You know what they did? They refused, Ronnie. They refused. And so they were arrested. That's adversity. The king gave them an option to get out of their situation by abandoning their allegiance or their faith in God. What did they say? I'm glad you asked. Daniel 3, around about verse 13, in the New Living Translation, I want to give you this one. He said, it says, Then Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage and ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. <laughs> you got to keep the word real. Y'all play with the word too much. Be brought before him. And then they were brought in. Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue I have set up? I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made when you hear the sound of the instrument. See, adversity, my, thank you, God. See, the enemy wants to make you bow down to the adversity. Everybody caught that. Yeah, yeah, see, 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 the, the, the enemy wants you to think the adversity is bigger than God. He wants to convince you that your problem, see, see, this is the problem. Some of us have, have gotten to the place where we worship issues. What do you mean, Pastor? Nobody worships a problem. Yes, you do. You think the problem's bigger than God. And you're only, and, and watch this. This is how I know you worship the problem. You judge God according to the problem. <laughs> you, oh, you don't? Oh, you don't? Oh, yes, you do. You look at God, and, and, and in your heart, what you say is this. If you're really God, then you'll save me from this. If, if I'm God. No, 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 I am God. Whether I save you from that or not, I'm still good and I'm still God. But you, you see that? <laughs> That's a perspective problem. If you're God, then you will. But faith doesn't say if you're God, then you will. Faith says you are God. And if you don't, let me show you here in the Bible. Because in the Bible, it says a lot better than I could. It says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, there it is. They replied, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. Here comes real faith. Here it is. This is what fully persuaded looks like in the face of real adversity. This is what it looks like, Aaron. 
They said, if you throw us into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power and your majesty. Faith says always in the face of adversity, God is able to save me from whatever I may be going through. Oh, why? Well, I, but I got something for you. I got to pivot. Verse 18, they said, but even if he doesn't, we want to make something clear to you. I love how they talk to this man. They said, God is able to deliver us from you. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, we will never bow down to your gods or worship your gold statue that you set up. Watch this, because mature, fully persuaded faith says, even if it doesn't work out the way I wanted it to, or, or the way I thought it would, God is still God. And he is still good because real faith does not box God into my ideal outcome. Stop playing with me. This is the mystery of adversity and faith. So even if you never get the money. Even if you never get the healing on this side of glory. Even if you don't get the job. Even if the marriage doesn't work out. Even if the kids never act right. Even if the church never gets a new building. Even if the church never grows. Even if every member leaves this place. Even if your business never takes off, God is still God and he is still good. And that, my friends, is faith. Faith is in God, not in his goodies. Pause. Here's what happens next, though. Because you got to see the fullness of it. You got to see the conclusion of the matter with Shadrach. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came to help you today. Watch this. Go, go to verse 21. It says, so they tied them up, threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king in his anger had determined such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the men in. Somebody, some, some, some people need to learn to keep their hands off you. See, because... So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego securely tied fell into the roaring flames. But suddenly, somebody say suddenly. suddenly. My God, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we did, they replied. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted. I see four men unbound, walking around in the fire, unharmed, and the fourth looks like a god. And Nebuchadnezzar, the, the word said, they came close and as uh, uh, close as he could to the door of the furnace and shouted 
Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. The word says around here that they came out, stepped out of the fire. And the high officers and the officials and the governors and the advisors crowded around them and, and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their head was singed, and their clothing was not scorched, and they didn't even smell like smoke. Nebuchadnezzar said, praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted him. See, when you handle adversity right, everybody around you gets to see the glory of God revealed through you. <laughs> see, see, but see, the problem is too many of us live to see ourselves be glorified. And so we don't want to let adversity come through our lives so that God can be glorified. Because if you be honest, you want the glory on your life more times than you want it on God. But I told you just about two weeks ago that Tyson Fury, when he got to preach his trial sermon at the end of his fight, he said, if I give God the glory, he'll give me the victory. See, this is your problem. You're not trying to get victory. You're just trying to get small wins. Real faith realizes that whatever I may be going through, I'm not in this thing alone. Jesus is right there in the fiery furnace with me. Jesus is right there in the boat with me. Jesus is right there in the adversity with me. Jesus is right there on the unemployment line with me. Jesus is right there in the courtroom with me. Jesus is right there in the hospital bed with me. Jesus is right there in HR with me. Jesus is right there in, in the divorce lawyer's office with me. Jesus is right there. He's with me no matter what I'm going through. And as long as I got Jesus with me, I know I'm going to be all right. So what should my faith have me do in every moment of adversity? We're going home. And we got to finish the text. When I'm going through and I feel like I can't find my way out. When it seems like the problem is never going to go away. When it seems like the hurt is never going to end. Hebrews 12 and 2 tells me that I should look unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of my faith. And I should say, Jesus, if you're with me, and you knew how to make it through the cross, I'm sure you know how to show me how to make it through this little thing I'm dealing with and I'm going through. Everybody standing to your feet. Faith to receive the promise is good. And it's necessary for your life.
but faith to endure the adversity is more important. Because adversity is always going to be there. There's not always big problems. Sometimes they're small. But sometimes small problems can get big when you don't handle them right. And faith in God in the face of everything you're going through will help you to manage your adversity the right way. If you'll just keep your eyes on Jesus, because he's the author, he's the beginning of your faith, and he's going to be the last chapter of your faith. And as long as you learn how to keep your eyes on him in the midst of everything you're going through, you can make it. You don't have to be taken out by problems. Sickness doesn't have to claim you. Don't you know people have lived wonderful lives? Blind. Wonderful lives. Deaf. Wonderful lives with cancer. You, you, I'm reminded of, what's that boy's name? The actor. That Chadwick Boseman gave us some of the greatest thrills we've had in the movies in a long time. Sold out theaters. Caused little black boys and girls everywhere to feel like they could be a superhero. All while he was dying of cancer. But in the face of that adversity, because he believed God, he was able to still walk out his purpose in life. You giving up over headaches <laughs> and arguments. Some of you are letting anxiety take you out of here. It's just adversity. Psychological adversity. But in the midst of your stress, Jesus is with you. In the midst of your marriage, in the midst of your family, and in the midst of this church, Jesus is with you. While every head is bowed, every eye is closed. God, we thank you. We thank you. For the eight, nine, ten weeks you've been teaching us on faith and you've brought us to this moment. And we know that you are a God of strategy. It's not by surprise that we are here now talking about adversity, God. And I thank you, Lord, that, that every week you've, you've prepared us and you've helped us and you've grown us in our faith walk. And you got us to this point, Lord, and now you've put a final piece into the puzzle. And I thank you that when we leave this place, but not from your presence, 
that our perspectives have been shifted and that as we go back into the marketplace and into our homes and into the world, that Lord, those things that we're facing, those things that we've been dealing with, the adversities in life that have been holding us and, and, and choking the very life out of us, God, I thank you that you're giving us a new perspective. And that what once seemed like it was going to take us out of here, we return back to it, look it in the face and say, you're not going to kill me, you're going to make me better. And that we begin to trust you, God, even when we can't trace you. And that even when it doesn't work out the way we thought it would, we thank you, Lord, that we'll remember that your ways are not our ways and your thoughts are not our thoughts. And just because we think it should be one way doesn't mean that is the way you desire it to be. Help us to submit to your will and your way, Father. Because it is that ultimate submission by faith that carries us through adverse situations. Thank you, God, that these light afflictions are working for us a far greater weight of glory, Lord. And that we are seeing the lens, seeing through a faith lens like never before. Thank you that even the no's we get from you will not take us out, God. But they'll make us stronger in our faith. Trusting you and believing you. Holding on to your word, Father. Knowing that you're right there in the midst of this situation with us. Thank you that our minds are renewed, our faith is restored, and that your joy is our strength, and that we are made the better as we allow tests to mature us. Thank you that we know these trials are just a test of our faith, and that as we, as we endure, we matriculate, and we go from faith to faith, and from glory to glory. We bring your kingdom to manifest on this earth through our lives, God. We thank you for all that you've said and all that you've done. And we receive greater. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, if you believe that, put your hands together. Open up your mouth and give God who keeps you through adversity all the glory and the honor that is due his name. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah.